Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Thank you for joining my podcast, Biblical Principles for Daily Living. Thank you, guys. Come on in, come on in, come on in. So excited to be here before you today. And I got to ask you a question. Do you love you? like God loves you. I just had to ask. I had to know because I dropped in for a second, for a minute, for just a few moments to exhort you, encourage you, and to remind you that God does not just love you, but God is love. And I'm going, we're going to get into this in a minute, in a moment, in a second. But first, we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us again today, Father God. We just thank you so much, Father God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for covering us and for blessing us and for just loving us when we did not love ourselves. Father, we thank you for acknowledging us when we didn't, when we ignored you, Lord God. And Father, we say we're sorry, but Holy Spirit, Father, you say you would not leave us comfortless. And so, Father God, I just thank you for your comforter, the Holy Spirit, comforting us, comforting your people, comforting the hearts and the minds of those that are feeling fearful, those that are being feeling forsaken, for those that are feeling cast out and downtrodden, Father God, for you are the lifter of our heads. And Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, Thank you for letting us, thank you for your anointing settling and resting upon us. For yours, your anointing, Father, that destroys every yoke of oppression and depression. In the name of Jesus, we speak to it and command it to go, for we are not alone. You did not leave us at orphans. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us, Father, and we believe you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, for binding the hearts of those that are hurting. Father, for you said you are near to those with a broken and a concrete spirit, Father God, and that you bind the wounds of those that are broken, Father. We just thank you for mending broken hearts, for opening deaf ears so they can hear just how much you love them, Father, for taking the blinders off our eyes, Father God, so we can see with the Spirit and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, Father. And thank you, Father, for loving on us, And we repent for not loving on us the way you love on us. Well, guess what, you guys? We're going to dig into this today. We're going to dig in this word today to just just for a second, a minute, and a moment. So we can just be reminded of how much God loves us. Because sometimes when you just go through so much, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, you know, the enemy comes in to try to distract us and... You know, just all many different kinds of ways to try to steal our focus. But how many of you know that it's so important that we set our face like a flint and we look straight ahead and we're not distracted by anything going on around us? Not the winds, the waves, not the naysayers, nothing, 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 nothing. Because not only is God for us, not only is God with us, but the spirit of the living God, like I always tell you, I need you guys to meditate on this. The spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. For our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I just dropped in because I wanted to encourage you, to exhort you, and to remind you that God is not just, God does not just love you, but God is love. And love is who God is. And not to love us, he would have to uh, deny himself. Because love is who God is. For God so loved us. God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. Romans 5 and 8 tells us this. That when we were yet sinners, this is how God demonstrated. He showed his love. He didn't just say that he loved us, you guys. But God proved his love to us. That even while we were yet sinners... Christ went on ahead and did it. He went on and died for us. It wasn't because we first loved him, but it was because God always loved us. Ooh, 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 wee. It being rejected by people is being always being chosen by God. Don't confuse man with God because God is not like man. 
While we were yet sinners, Romans 5 and 8 tells us, he demonstrated his love towards us by dying for us. And John 3, 16 tells us how he did it. He said, for, for this is how, the NLT says, for this is how God loved the world. This is how he did it. This is how he demonstrated to us his love for us. John 3, 16, NLT, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that everyone who believed in him, who believed in Jesus, would not perish, but have eternal life. It was his love for us that drove him to us. It was his love, not our love. It wasn't that we first loved him. We didn't know him to love him. But it's because it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. It's the goodness of God. That's why I say, look for the good in your day so you can see God's God in your day. Because when we focus and magnify the Lord, when we magnify his goodness, it just calls us to love him that much more. Lord Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. When I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, I like to say that my soul screams, oh, it screams. Oh, it screams. What an honor and a privilege to be considered by God for anything. For who are we? That he should even be mindful of us. But God has compassion on us. Proverbs says, because he remembers that we are mere dust. And that he created us from the earth. But he proved his love for us when we were yet sinners. When we ignored him. When we didn't acknowledge him. When we didn't want to do anything, we didn't care anything about him. And though we may not have said it with our mouths, but we denied him with our very lifestyle. Because when we wasn't living for him and we hadn't accepted his son, we was an enemy towards him, but God loved his enemies. He loved his enemies because his love for us didn't have anything to do with us. Love was who he is. And that's how he expects us to love our enemies. Because if we say that we love God, to, to when we walk in love, God abides in us and we abide in him. And when the love of God is abiding in us, guess what? We too will be able to love our enemies the same way God loved his enemies. For when we were yet sinners, we was an enemy to the cross of Christ. God was not our father. We had not accepted his son. For those who have the spirit of God is the sons of God. But those who do not have the spirit of God are none of his, Romans tells us. We wasn't, but he knows those that are his. God knows, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he waited on you? I'm so glad he waited on me. I was 24 years old, 24 I live my life outside of Jesus Christ. I could have died any night. I could have laid down and died and went to hell any night. But his grace and his mercy, it was his love for me that caused him to wait on me. It was his love for you that caused him to wait on you. And if Jesus our father loved us this much to send his son for us. We too are to love on him like he loves on us. And we too are to love ourselves the way he loves us. We were so, we we're so valuable that we could not be bought with silver or gold. Only the blood of Jesus could redeem us. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that could redeem us. The blood of Jesus. He loved us and he sent his son as the atoning sacrifices for our sins. And love consists in this, First John 4 then tells us. And this is what love consists of. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. That he sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. We ignored him. But even when we was ignoring him, he was acknowledging us because Jesus said, Father, 
I know those that are mine. He prayed for us. Jesus prayed. He said, I know those that are mine, that are yours. And the enemy, he won't be able to pluck them out of your hand. Aren't you glad God had his hands on us? And when we try to do things that was contrary to him, even though we didn't know him, and even though we didn't acknowledge him, we always felt like something wasn't quite right. I don't feel right doing this. I don't know about you, but he had his hand on my head. And even though I try to do what they did, and I try to smell like they smelled, I'm telling you on the inside I was empty. Because my father was longing for a love relationship with me. He longs for a love relationship with us. He said, I've already made the provisions. And all you have to do, all we have to do is say yes to him. All we have to do is say yes to him. For God did not come into this world to condemn us, but to convince us, to convict us that we are in need of a Savior. And the Bible tells us in John 7, 47, that those who are forgiven much, loveth much. And I don't know about you, but I had to be forgiven for a lot of things, a lot of things. And that's why I just sit back and I'm thinking, who am I? He waited on me for 24 years. He waited patiently, gently, kindly, long suffering. When I didn't know him, he knew me. The Bible says before the foundations of the world that God knew us, meaning we was not an afterthought. He put thought into you. He created the man from the dust and then he took time out to form the woman. Our father is a detailed God and we have not a high priest. The Bible says we have not a high priest who's not touched by the feelings of our infirmity. How many of you know that our God feels what we feel? Jesus feels what we feel. He became a man because a man did it. By one man's disobedience, Adam, we were all made sinners. And by one man's obedience, Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, thank you. We was all made righteous. We were put in right standings with God because we were washed by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is why I say, Lord, I'm awestruck by your love. I'm awestruck by his unconditional agape love because my natural mind cannot understand it, cannot comprehend. So I worship him in spirit and in truth with a sincere heart and a heart that loves God for real because God loves us. God loves us for real. So let's just love on him for real. I dropped in for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because I just wanted to exhort you, encourage you, and to remind you that because God is for us, that because God is for us, nothing, no one, Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing and no one can stand against us. Romans 8 and 1 tells us in NLT, it says, Who is there to condemn us? Who is there to judge us? Who is there to condemn us? For Christ Jesus who died and more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of God and he is interceding for us. I said that. I told you about Romans 8 and 1 because I want you to know that God is for us and Jesus is interceding for us that God is not mad at you he is not mad at you he is not condemning you he may be convicting you and if he's convicting you that's a good thing because I like to say that when God is chastising me it's because he's loving on me because when people love you they will convict you they will tell you the truth I always tell people, if you want to know your true friends, then listen to the ones that your true friends are those who tell you the truth. Because Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
but deceitful is the kiss of an, your enemy. So if you want to know your true friends, look at those who tell you the truth. Your true friends are those who tell you the truth. And it may hurt your flesh because that's the only thing that's suffering. But I'm telling you right now, your spirit is A-OK. Let that flesh suffer and do whatever it is that God has corrected us and chastised us and told us to do. For when, when you love someone, God has our best interest at heart and Jesus is interceding for us. God did not create us to fail. He did not set us up for failure. Romans 8.31 tells us, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? The devil can't be against us. The devil can't condemn us. He is the accuser of the brethren. But when we love on ourselves the way God loves on us, the devil cannot come and tell us anything contrary to what God is saying. When we're convinced of God's love, can't nothing or nobody talk us out of it. You know, it's kind of like trying to talk a child out of his mother's love. When a child knows that his mother loves him, you can say any and everything you want, but you're not going to be able to turn that child against his mama. When you're convinced of God's love, the devil can say whatever he wants, but he's not going to be able to convince you that God don't love you. He already proved it. God loves us. And he proved it when he sent his only son, Jesus, John 3, 16, to die for the sins of the world, to die for me. When we read the word, let's make it personal. Because it is personal. It's God's love letter to us. Yes, even the corrections and the proof rebukes is God loving on us. The word of God is the will of God, and it's been inspired by the breath of God. So when we're reading the word, when we're reading the will, and put your name in there. For God so loved me, Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved me. Do you get that? Do you get that? Can you say that about you? If you can't say that in confidence, then what I need you to do is to forgive yourself so you can see yourself the way God sees you. So you, Jesus told the woman that was caught in adultery, he said, where are those who condemn you? She said, she didn't know, Lord. He said, neither do I. But I did not come to condemn you. But go and sin no more. He restored her instead of condemning her. Then he corrected her because he did rebuke her because he told her not to do it anymore. And then he restored her because he said, go on and go and don't do this no more. He graced her and he didn't condemn her. He corrected her because she needed, you know, don't do this no more. But then he restored her when he graced her. And that's the redeeming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I didn't come to condemn you, but I did come to correct you. I did come to convict you. I did come to convince you that you are in need of a Savior. You are in need of a Savior. Are you in need of a Savior? Because we can't save ourselves. What a wonderful, loving Father. The Bible says that no man can come unto the Father except they come through Jesus Christ. And no man can come unto the Father unless the Lord draws him, unless the Spirit draws him. I know a lot of times we think that we can accept Christ when we get ready. But the truth of the matter is, if you think about the way you got saved, you'll be able to see the drawing of the Holy Spirit. I know when the Lord began to draw me, I was flipping the TV channel. I'll go to the Christian channel, to BET. Christian channel, he was drawing me. I wasn't used to be into no Christian channel. Christian channel, BET. I was going back and forth. He was drawing me. He was drawing me. He was calling me. And I was hearing him. And that's why I was going back and forth with that TV. I wanted to hear about God. And I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear. To eventually, I just quit. And I just kept the TV on, the, on praise the Lord. I kept the TV on the Christian channel. 
he was drawing me. So the Bible tells us, he said, harden not your heart. When you hear the voice of the Lord calling you, don't harden your heart. Because every time we say no to God, we resist God. Quit saying no to God because that causes our heart to be hard. When we say no, God, we resist him. Don't do that. Because when we come to a point and a place in our lives where we can no longer feel the conviction of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not a good place. That's a sign of a hardened heart. Hard not your heart. If you can hear this word today, hard not your heart. Yield to the Holy Spirit and let the comfort, the peace, and the love of God just cover your heart and mind. The peace that passes all understanding. Let it cover you. Let it comfort you. For those that are mourning, God has promised to comfort those that mourn. I I tell people all the time, my mom passed away two years ago. The best thing that my mom ever did for me, the best thing that my mom ever told me, was that I needed the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the best thing. That's the best advice my mom ever gave me. And I'm so grateful that she did. Because when I accepted him, excuse me, when I accepted him, it filled that empty space in my life. It filled that empty hole in my soul. And my search was over. And it was if I had physically fallen into his arms, And I said, oh, Lord, this is Jesus. This is what I've been looking for all my life. It's like my search is over. And then my journey began. My Jesus journey began because I had to know about this Jesus who did all this for me. I had a Damascus Street experience when I accepted Jesus Christ. And still this day, 31 years later, I still, I'm still excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. I fell off here and there along the way, but when God's hand is on you, when his hand is on your head, though you may be smiling on the outside, but that conviction is something else on the inside. And I'm telling you, and I thank God for it. I thank him for that. I just want to exhort you. I want you to love on you the way God loves on you. Because when we have faith in God's love, guess what? Nothing will be impossible to them that believe. When it's in line with and according to God's word, we will be able to believe the impossible because we will know that God is not withholding any good thing from us. And Romans 8 and 32 tells us that since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? God is not withholding any good thing from us. The reason we're not getting some of those other things that we thought was good for us is because they was not good for us. So if God is not letting you have it, that's because he's trying to keep you from something that can hurt. Isn't that what we do for our kids? When our babies are small and they don't have their teeth, it's just they can't have certain foods. It's not that we're not wanting them to have it. It's just like not right now because it can hurt you. It can choke you. You're not big enough yet. But when you get bigger and you grow and you get more mature, you'll be able to have it, but not right now. Sometimes God is saying no, and sometimes God is saying not now. Because you can't handle it. It'll hurt you. The yoke will be too heavy for you. But in the right time, don't grow, don't get tired of doing good, because God is good. And in due season, if you faint not, don't give up because some of you, some of you gave up too soon and you didn't reap your harvest. But that's okay because the day is a is another good day. We get to do what God say. Pick up, go on and pick up where you left off and keep moving forward. Because He said if if uh, 
if we sin. He's faithful. We have an advocate with the Father. And He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just pick up. A righteous man will fall seven times when he gets back up. Get back up. Get in the race. And get in pursuit of your heavenly fathers. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these other things will have be added unto you. For he clothes the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds of the air. Don't you know we need that more to him than that? For God already knows what we have need of. He know we need food, clothing. We need natural things. We live in this natural world. What are you in pursuit of God? Or are you in pursuit of the goods? God wants you to pursue him the way he pursues us. So you can begin to love yourself like God loves you. Do you love yourself like God loves you? Mm, I thought you knew that you were the apple of his eye. Did you not know that you're the apple of his eye? You're magnificently, you're wonderfully made and created in his image and likeness. I always say what a privilege and an honor to be created in God's own image and likeness. Because out of all the creatures, he chose man to put himself in. Oh my God, that is so powerful. I'm going to sit right there for a minute because I... I, I, I really want us to meditate and think on the fact, because I want us to be God conscious. It's so important that we be God conscious. Think about God the way God thinks about us, because he's mindful of us. Do you know God is mindful of you? We, he has to be, because the very breath that we breathe comes from him. When God created man from the dust, he breathed in his nostrils. And man became a living soul. God gave, he, God breathed his breath. I said that to say our breath comes from the Lord. He breathed his spirit, his Zoe life into man. And man became a living soul. And we're only living because of the breath, the Zoe life that God has given us. So God is for us. He did not create us to fail. He created us because we're more than conquerors, he says, in Christ Jesus. We're heirs and joint heirs and everything that Jesus has, we're entitled to, we have. We're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How is this? You say, how am I sitting together and my flesh body is here? We're talking spiritually because the real us is the spirit. Remember, we're spirit, soul, and body. And when the spirit leaves the body, we cease to live. That's why when you go to a a funeral, the only thing left in that coffin is that flesh that flesh body. And guess where that flesh body is going? Back to the same dirt and dust it was created from. Because it was the spirit that giveth life. So when the spirit leaves the body, then the body ceased to live. But the spirit ceased to live because it was the spirit that gave life. It's the spirit that giveth life. <laughs> Lord Jesus... Thank you for breathing your Zoe breath. Thank you for breathing life in us. Don't let the devil take your breath. Breath comes from the Lord. You tell him, don't let that devil trespass. Quit calling it yours. Quit claiming it. My asthma, my emphysema, my, my, my. No, let's let's put out some disclaimers. It's not mine and it does not belong to me. Isn't that what we do? I do not own the copyrights to this music. This is my disclaimer. This is not mine. This is part of the curse. I am the blessed, not the curse. I'm the head and not the tail. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For God knew his people in advance. Listen to this. Romans 8, 28 through 30, 28 through 31. NLT says, for God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his sons so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It started with him, right? Having chosen them, verse 30, he called them to come to him. And having called them or predestined them, he gave them right standings with himself. I'm reading the NLT version. 
and having been given them right standings, he gave them his glory. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. What shall we say about such wonderful things? If God be for us, Jesus Christ, who, who can be against us? Because God is in us. Who, excuse me, who can stand against us? Who, who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? The devil is the accuser of the brethren. Romans 8 and 33 says, who dare accuses us whom God has chosen for his own? Touch not my anointed. Keep your mouth. God chose us. We are of a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. Who the devil is the accuser of the brother? Because see, who, who dare accuses us? Romans 8:33 NLT. Whom God has chosen for his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standings with himself. God says that you are in right standings with him. God says that you are in right standings with him. Who there dare accuses us? When we fall down, we get back up and we say, Lord, forgive us. And we repent. That means to turn around and turn away from. For godly restore, work at repentance unto salvation. And I'm telling you, when we learn to love on God, we learn to love God like God loves us. Oh, man. Godly, I'm telling you what godly repentance Excuse me. Godly repentance will have you boohooing like a baby. And it's not because it's not, they're not tears of sorrow. They're not tears because you did something. That's, uh, they're tears of saying, God, I'm so sorry to you. I did not know. I am sorry to you. You may cry for days when you godly sorrow. Uh, that's part of the process I mean when I wrote that book Understanding Your Own Issues and I, I cried I cried for days off and on I cried because I, was, I saw myself I saw myself and I was offensive to him I was grieving the Holy Spirit in certain areas and didn't even realize it and I was so sorry I was so sorry to him Are you sorry to God? Because you know what? When we don't love Father, we we repent. We're sorry for not loving ourselves the way you love us. We're sorry for not forgiving ourselves when you have already redeemed us. Because when we don't forgive ourselves, we can't love ourselves. Because the devil, the who is the accuser of the brother, is beating. He wants to beat you, beat us down and Cast us down. Make us feel down. That's what unforgiveness does. It causes, it opens us up to condemnation. We need to receive. It's good that we forgive others. But now today, my question is, will you forgive you? Will you forgive you for being imperfect? Will you forgive you for not being perfect? Can you forgive you like God has forgiven you? And guess what? When we don't forgive ourselves or anyone else, but today I want to know about you. Have you forgiven you? Because when we don't forgive, what we're saying is that the blood of Jesus is not enough. The blood of Jesus is not enough. Father, forgive us for we did not know. For your grace is sufficient and your blood was more than enough. It was more than enough to redeem us. Excuse me. I have to know. I have to know one more time before I go. Have you forgiven yourself? Who dare accuses us when God has chosen for us? For his own. God has chosen you. You have been chosen by God. You have been adopted by the beloved. 
You are accepted. We are accepted by love of God. We are royal priesthood. We are chosen generation. God has accepted you. Have you accepted you? Because God has. Who are you to condemn you when God himself has chosen you? You have not committed the unpardonable sin. God has forgiven you. And all we have to do is receive it. Receive it. Because we have an advocate with the Father. It's already finished. Lord, forgive me for not forgiving me. Can you say that? Excuse me. You can't be sorry forever. And don't let nobody try to make you feel sorry for feel like sorry forever. Once you say you sorry or or once you say please forgive me because you're not sorry. Once you ask for forgiveness, that's it for you. Don't let the devil constantly condemn you for something that you did and it's done and it's over and that's it. You don't have to be sorry forever. Uh, you know, walk in guilt and condemnation. Say it once. Mean it once. And then live it. Because guess what? Conviction, it, um, when we're convicted, there's some evidence. You can see conviction. Repentance shows us evidence. You can see true repentance. You can tell when a person is really sorry because are really, you know, really wanting forgiven or forgiving yourself. Some of you can't change because you won't forgive yourself. You can't change because you won't forgive yourself. But are you greater than God? Are you saying that the blood of Jesus is not enough? Was it not enough to redeem you? Yes. You, you forgive other people. Some people forgive other people, then they don't forgive themselves. The same blood that forgave them is enough to forgive you too. It forgave you too. We just have to receive it. Believe that you receive when you pray. We have an advocate when we sin. We don't have to, but when we do, because why does he say that? Because he's saying sin no longer has dominion and power over you. In other words, I don't have to do it. When we do it, we choose to do it. Unless someone's demon possessed. But when we do, do it. Because we do. We have an advocate with the Father. And he's faithful and just to forgive us when we confess it. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guess what he does with it? He casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. And what's the good thing about the east and the west? They never can connect. They're in two total different directions. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Romans 8 and 34 in NLT. I want to say that again. Who then will condemn us when Christ, who can condemn us when Christ has already redeemed us? Who, Romans 8, 34, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us, making intercessions on our behalf. And that blood is on the mercy seat. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. His grace and his mercy. God's grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. I'm finna end the year. And I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you love you like God loves you? And if your answer is no, then I just simply want you to forgive yourself. And we're going to end it with a prayer. I want you to forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. And as long as you hold unforgiveness against yourself, the devil is going to use that to condemn you and keep you down 
making you think that you're nothing. He is the accuser of the brethren. God chose us before the foundations of the world. He knew what we were going to do before we did it. But he needs us. We have to repent so we don't continue living that same way. Do you love you like God love you? Some of you are feeling condemnation because we're living a lifestyle that's contrary to God. And when we live a lifestyle that's contrary to God, we're going to feel the condemnation. Trust me, I know. I've lived that way. It's a miserable way. And even though I lived a lifestyle of sin, I always sensed this presence. I always felt like I was doing something wrong. I always felt like I was in trouble. Because I was living outside of the will of God. So if you find yourself living outside of the will of God or maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you just lost your first love. You've just fallen out of love with Him and the things of God is like the fire is gone. You know, like in a relationship, it's like, well, the fire is gone. It's like the fire has died out. But I got some good news for you today because today is another day. And today we can renew our wedding vows with our Heavenly Father. I think about it all the time, 24 years. I got saved at 24. I could have died in my sleep and went straight to hell. Oh, what is grace. And for me, he that is forgiven much, loveth much. And I love him so much for waiting on me. Because we was the joy. How many of you know that we was the joy that was set afar off? He endured the cross because he, he, we were the joy. He saw the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. And we was the joy because he saw us afar off. He waited on us. He knew that one day, guess what? He knew, Jesus knew one day he was, we would say yes to him. Because he said it. He prayed. He said, Father... I already know those that are mine. And the evil one, he won't be able to pluck them out of my hand. When the hand of God is on your head, can't nothing take the place of him. No other foreign God, no other false religion, no alcohol, no drugs, no relationships looking for love in all the wrong places. I know I did that. Nothing. I'm telling you, I'm here to testify to you. That nothing can take the place of God loving you. And I'm so glad that he loved me enough not to leave me alone. That he loved us enough not to leave us in the place that we was in. I'm so grateful that his hand, I felt just, it was literally like I could just feel his hand on top of my head. It was his presence. Even though I didn't know exactly who he was I knew that that I needed something and I needed someone and maybe you're listening on this podcast and you can identify with what I'm saying and if so the good news is Romans 10 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it's with the heart one believes unto righteousness and it's with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And if you believe that, then guess what? You're saved. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Or maybe you just strayed away. If you strayed away like the prodigal son, just turn around and come back home. God is still there right where you left him. He said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He can't. How can he leave us when he's everywhere at the same time? Your father... The reason he's still breathing through you is because he hasn't given up on you. Just because you gave up on God doesn't mean God gave up on you. And just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean God doesn't believe in you. The fact that you're still alive, breathing God's breath, means that you are still a part of God's good plan. What kind of love? How do you describe this agape? I am awestruck, Father, by your love. The natural mind cannot comprehend. 
the love of God. But when I think of his goodness, and I'm getting ready to end the year, when I think of his goodness and everything that he's done for me, this is why my soul screams. It screams hallelujah. Because I'm grateful. Because he, I was one of the ones that was forgiven much. And because I was forgiven much, I loveth much. But he that is forgiven little, loveth little. I'm in love with Jesus. Like Jesus is in love with me. I'm in love with my father. Like my father is in love with me. So Jesus gave his life so we could have life. And life more abundantly. And I don't know about you. But I'm so convinced that my way was the wrong way that I don't want my way anymore. And so daily, we have to go to the Garden of Gethsemane like Jesus did and say, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. And how many of you know that when we love, when we love that God abides in us, when we walk in God's love, that we abide in God and God abides in us. And when we, when God, when we love like God, we can love others like God. And when we can learn to love others like God, then we can, not just others, but we can learn to love ourselves like God. And then when we can learn to love ourselves like God, then we can love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Sometimes we can't love our neighbors right because we don't love ourselves right. People are getting what we got. We're loving them the way we love ourselves. But the more we learn to love ourselves, the better we'll learn to love others. I'm going to end it here. Father God, we just thank you once again for being in the midst of us. And you can just pray this prayer after me. Father, I believe Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, that I shall be saved. For I understand that it's with my heart that I believe unto righteousness and it's with my mouth that I now stand here and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is what I've been looking for my entire life. Or Father, I repent and I turn around and I turn away from my lifestyle that's contrary to you. Because I understand and I realize that I can't have comfort and peace without you. I understand, Father, it's because of you that I live, move, and have my being. And without you, I can do absolutely nothing. Therefore, Father, I throw my hands and I surrender. And I say, I'm sorry to you, for you say, Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. I'm not sorry because they said I need to change, Father. I'm sorry. Because I know I've been convicted and convinced that I'm in need of a Savior and that I need to turn from my own wicked ways. And therefore, Father, I surrender and I say, Father, I give up, I quit. And like the prodigal son, Lord God, I do turn around and I come back home. And I thank you for giving me a new hunger and a fresh fire and a fresh desire for the things of God. In Jesus' name, I accept your dear son. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray. Amen. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please leave me a message on my um, podcast page. Hit that messenger button and let me know that you've accepted Jesus Christ. Please share this podcast with someone who, who's struggling, who don't love themselves the way God loves them. Share it. Share it with the family member. Everyone needs to know about the love of God. Excuse me. And again, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining in with my fellowship and my Bible study and my relationship. Just coming on in here and let us reasoning together and sup together and fellowshipping together and just talking about the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because I like to tell people taste and see for yourself that the Lord is so truly truly good because I can tell you about him but when you taste for yourself 
that nothing else will be able to taste, take the place of our sweet, sweet Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to end it here. If you guys like to support us, hit, hit the support button on my um, podcast page. Follow me on Spotify. All my books are online at Amazon.com with Barnes & Nobles. It's worldwide shipping, free shipping at um, the, the book, thepository.com. You guys be so blessed. Excuse me. Be so very, very encouraged. Know that you are still a part of God's plan. And every day that you get up, every time you take a breath, remember that it's the, it's the spirit that giveth life. That that's, God's, that's God breathing through us. That's God breathing through me. I know that God loves me because God is still breathing through me. And I know that he still has a good plan and purpose for me because I'm still here. That means God hasn't lost faith in me. And if God hasn't lost faith in me and Jesus is interceding for me and the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me, who, who can stand against me? I'm ending it here. You guys be blessed. I want you to be so, so, so very, very encouraged. And I'm going to end it here. I want to remind you to keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Come on, let's magnify the Lord together and think on God's goodness. What's over things are lovely, pure, of good report, praiseworthy. Let's think on those things and set your face like a flint. And don't grow weary, because in due season, you're going to reap the good you sow. How about that? I'm ending it here. So next time, you guys be blessed and be encouraged.